You're listening to the Yoga Magic Podcast with host Ashley Sondergaard. Do you remember that first time you took a yoga class? Lying in Shavasana thinking, what is this magic? For me, yoga opened the door to a life full of self-discovery and self-care. This show shines a light on what is possible when you invest in your well-being. And not only for you, but for everyone around you. I interview women in the space of healing, spirituality, beauty, wellness, and of course, yoga. This community of listeners is excited to expand their minds, open new doors, be honest, and sometimes take a big old handstand fall on the way. My hope is that this show gives you a library of accessible new practices that fill up your soul and open your mind. Not all will be perfect for you, but that's the best part. Trying it on and finding your personal favorites. This is Yoga Magic. Thanks for listening. Hello and welcome, friends. This is the Yoga Magic Podcast. I'm your host, Ashley Sondergaard. I'm so glad you're here. We're talking about joy today, and we have the perfect guest, Sydney Weiss, to share on what that feels like, cultivating joy, finding joy, seeking joy. She has a podcast all about it. Before we do, I always like to share just little updates on my self-care journey because I'm the ultimate experimenter, friends. I'm trying to try all the new things for you so that I can give you an update and just let you know what it feels like to focus on (laughs) self-care. If you know my journey, yoga was really that first opportunity to slow down and invest in who I was, who I wanted to be, and it felt so good. And I just was like, okay, this is my life. I'm going to make decisions that ultimately help me grow and help me be better. Yoga was that first opportunity. And now I get to talk about it every single week on this show. We bring all sorts of practices, whether it be spirituality or physical or just routines and rituals that you can do in your day-to-day. Hopefully you like some of these options and you can try them on yourself. So something that I've been really exploring and I've talked about it on past episodes but haven't really committed to it in a formal way is avoiding alcohol. And I just want to preface that, you know, Alcohol is such a touchy subject for so many of us, whether that be we have history of family addiction or we've experienced addiction ourselves or, you know, we feel those social norms and pressures to consume in whatever way or we just really enjoy it, which is totally who I am. I just really, really love a good glass of wine or having beers with friends. But I've noticed over the last several years and really most importantly in the last six months as I've grown in these amazing ways. I've felt this growth for myself spiritually um, in a number of different ways in self-development in my career and I've noticed that alcohol is this thing that looms around me that pulls me down. Whether it be choosing to have a drink and then it turning into three or four and feeling pretty awful the next morning or even just having one and noticing how that brings my energy down. I I don't know. Maybe it's that I've become more sensitive. I mean, it's probably just age. Let's be honest. <laughs> it's probably just age. I'm 35. And it just affects me a lot more. But I also believe that as we get more, I don't want to use a weird flowery language, but as we grow, really, as we grow as spiritual beings, as we grow as 
humans on this earth, we get more sensitive to things that drag us down. And for me, alcohol really drags me down. And I've decided to take some time away from it. I mean, really formally, like I will not engage in alcohol for some time. I don't know how long. I'm not going to label it or like put any expectations on myself, but just for now, it feels like something I can do without. And I posted about this on Instagram on stories last week, and I got a flood of DMs and other people who were feeling the same way. And it felt really good to be like, okay, yeah, clearly this isn't just me who's feeling this way. And I I do really well with support from others. So I said, hey, everybody that DM me, if you want to join, let's do a sober August. So we're doing a sober curious August where we are just avoiding alcohol, no expectations again, no judgment, just supporting one another along this journey. And it's been so fun. It's been so motivating and inspiring to hear others that how they're, you know, they're navigating this, this discipline and also Um, getting new ideas for recipes and like what they can say to friends when they ask like why aren't you drinking or they get any peer pressure because that's a reality I mean that is a reality of this is that a lot of people have a lot of feelings about whether or not you're drinking which isn't really about you it's about them right (laughs) so um, we're just supporting each other and I've noticed and I've been doing this now for 10 days (laughs) still early but like it's been long. It's been a long, a long time since I've consumed alcohol. I haven't consumed alcohol for ten days, and normally I'm pregnant when I'm not doing that. Um, and I already feel so much better. I don't. It doesn't loom over me. It's just a non-negotiable. I'm not engaging, and that feels really, really good. And I really have a theory that there are certain blocks, certain things in our life that we engage in that do hold us back. For me, with the history and just the background and and history that I won't necessarily go into, alcohol is one of the things that really holds me back from manifestation, from reaching more people, from being this like bright and shiny version of myself. And when we can identify those things that we know hold us back, for some people it's food, for some people it's shame, body shame. There's so many things that can hold us back. And when we can tweak and we essentially like unlock this version of ourselves, things start to flood in. And I have seen this with clients. I've seen this with myself. And again, this in these 10 days of being sober curious, avoiding alcohol, I've had some of the most wild manifestations come in. I don't know. Maybe it's coincident. I don't, I don't think it is coincidence. I think this is part of the journey. Things, opportunities that I would have never expected, connections to people that I am just so inspired by. And I, I really think it's that I have opened this door to new things, vibing on a higher level. So that's where my self-care journey is at at the moment, exploring sobriety, and I want to be really careful about how I use the word sober because I'm choosing to engage in a in an alcohol-free life. I am not in recovery, whereas I know many people have been in recovery or are in recovery and they don't have a choice. This is something that they have to avoid. So I would say this is my sober curious journey and it's feeling so good, so, so good. If you're inspired by this, if this is something that you've thought about, I would love to know. Shoot me a DM or an email um, and I just... I'd love to know how it's working for you. Um, if you've been sober curious for some time, how's it going? How is that helping you grow? Okay. <laughs> to our topic at hand, joy. 
with the amazing guest, Sydney Weiss. So let me tell you all about Sydney. She is the host, the creator, and the producer of Seek the Joy podcast. I get to meet a lot of other really cool podcasters um, being in this space, and I am so impressed with Sydney and her motivation and just the the content and the output that she does. It's amazing. I had the joy of being on her show um, a couple months ago and was a part of this amazing summer group where we, it was a workshop where we all shared different things. I talked about summer self-care. On top of her podcast, Seek the Joy, she's also an attorney. <laughs> My girlfriend is busy. It's it's very, very inspiring. So her show um, sits down with leaders in health, wellness, mindfulness, and beyond for empowering conversations and heartfelt storytelling on all things self-love, joy, connection, empowerment, and wellness. So we talk a lot about her journey. We talk a lot about how she balances this, you know, what she's doing right now to seek joy in her own life. And this is such a, an interesting topic, topic as it relates to spirituality as manifestation because we talk a lot about vibration and I'm, I'm working on getting someone specific to talk about like vibration in the science behind it because I'm not good to speaking to that. But we talk about vibration a lot on this show and you can choose to step into a high vibrational state, into that joy, or you, you know, you can sit in the heaviness and there's a lot of heaviness right now, everybody. There's a lot. These COVID numbers, I don't even, what, I don't even need to remind you, you know, <laughs> this is, this is the world we live in. And yet... We can be in a really positive space if we choose to do so, if we choose to seek the joy. But it is hard and it is, takes patience. It takes determination. It's tough, especially when, you know, things get really sticky or life throws things at us that we haven't planned for. So Sydney has been so inspiring to me and I love her show and I love all that she talks about on this episode. So thanks to Sydney for being on the Yoga Magic Podcast. Before we get to our conversation, I just wanted to share a couple fun events that are happening in the Yoga Magic community, everybody. If you are interested, I do a lot of events online, especially in the winter because it is frigid. Frigid in the state of Minnesota where I am. So I'm not doing a lot of Orta yoga classes. <laughs> Um, but in the summer I get to do a few and it's really fun. So the next one that I'm hosting is on August 21st. It's yoga at the Weeping Willow Farms with llamas. <laughs> it's gonna be so fun. We're just flowing in the fields. There's some llamas walking around. If you are in the Twin Cities area, it's a family event. It's a car load because they have limited parking. So Pack up your car, $50 a car, and come to the yoga class. Stick around for lemonade, mingling with animals. I mean, come on. A Saturday outside, just feeling good, enjoying the outdoors. And then if you're not in the Twin Cities, which I know a lot of you listeners are not, a couple of fun events coming up that I'd love to see you at. I'm hosting a restorative yoga class on the Blue Moon, which is the second um, full moon in Aquarius on August 22nd. That's at 6 p.m. Central Time on the on the Learn It Live platform. So I teach a lot of classes on there. It's a really affordable membership. Um, if you want to take endless classes or if you just want to drop in, it's just $12. And then the Cosmic Self-Care event, I do one of these every month, is using Virgo energy. I'll be talking about what it means to use this back-to-school Virgo energy. That's on August 23rd at 4 p.m. Central Time online learn it live and that's just 10 bucks so a couple events i'll link all of that information up in the show notes would love to see you at these 
And yeah, if you're not on the email list, the Yoga Magic email list, I shoot newsletters out every other week with self-care tips, with upcoming events, with podcast recommendations. And it's just a great place to uh, get some inspiration, hopefully. So when you sign up for the newsletter, you get a free cosmic morning guide. So a self-care routine for your zodiac sign. You get that for free and then all the other goodness. Okay, I think I think I got it all. It's my list. It's all my things. I'm so excited to chat with Sydney today. Thanks to you for listening every week. I'm so grateful for you. Let's get to this conversation on seeking joy. Welcome, Sydney. I'm so glad that we are sitting down on this little corner of the internet. Um, we had the chance to meet through your amazing summer series, and now now we get to just learn more about you and all the cool things that you're doing. So, Sydney, can you just tell listeners about yourself? I can. Yeah. Well, first of all, thank you for having me. Um, I'm so happy that we've connected. I keep saying this to like anyone who will listen, but podcasting has afforded me this really beautiful opportunity to meet pretty amazing women in this space. So Mm. I'm happy to know you and thank you for having me. Okay. So a little bit about me. Um, I am a lawyer as well as a podcaster. I'm the founder and producer of two podcasts, Seek the Joy podcast and Stories of Inspiring Joy. And I started Seek the Joy, God, it's like almost four years. It'll be four years in October. Oh my gosh, good for you. Isn't that crazy? Four years is a long time. Thank you. Um, And it feels like it's gone by very, very quickly. But I started the podcast in 2017 because I had undergone this true really metamorphosis as, of who I was and how I wanted to show up in the world. In 2016, I had graduated from law school. And in the midst of graduating, I had shingles. And then I studied for the bar exam in California, came out of that like the sickest I had ever been in my life because I was in such deep fear of the exam. And then a month later, I had a appendicitis, had to have my appendix removed. And then two months after that, I found out I didn't pass the bar exam. And so everything that I think I had really been ignoring for so long about um, who I was, how I felt in the world, the way I was speaking to myself, um, the intense pressure and stress I had really put myself under just kind of culminated in this moment of where it said your name does not appear on the past list. And so I, you know, had my own version of a pity party and felt really bad and all the things. And then about a month or so later, I decided I'm going to figure this out. I'm going to figure out how I can uh, treat myself a lot better and not um, beat myself up through stress and pressure and anxiety, but also change the way I was speaking to myself. And so over the course of like the next seven or eight months, that's exactly what I did. And as I sat for the bar exam the second time, I changed the way I approached the exam. It was no longer, I'm afraid of this thing. It was more Mm. like, I'm going to conquer you. You are not going to conquer me. And when I went to take the bar the second time, I flew up and I took it in Sacramento, California. I'm based in Los Angeles. Um, I opened up the window to my hotel room and there was a big sign and it said Esquire. And I remember standing there going, Oh, like, this is a sign. Like if the universe is going to send you a sign as you're about to take the bar, it should say Esquire because that's what I was studying to become. And then um, at home from the exam, it's like July, two months later, I had this like idea of, 
I really wanted to connect with other people who had similar stories or experiences or wanted to just be vulnerable and share who they are. And I thought, I'll start a podcast. And so within two weeks, Seek the Joy podcast was born. Um, I hopped on the mic right away, didn't entirely know what I was doing, but that was the beauty and really the fun of it. And uh, found out uh, two months after that, I passed the bar exam. So being a lawyer and also having a podcast and all the creative um, opportunities and moments and, and connection, it's all really existed simultaneously over the course of the last, let's just say, four years. So um, yeah, so like I said, I'm based in Los Angeles. Um, I'm a lawyer. I work in entertainment. And uh yeah, I mean, there's so much more, but that's kind of like the basis of how all of this just just got started. Mm, that's that's really inspiring, and I love to hear. I mean, it's so appropriate, right? That your your show is seek the joy because in that moment you recognize like this is not this is not my vibe. Nope, not gonna nope. not doing this. And nope. you really you took the power back. And something that I think is so cool, and you you talked about it, like uh, being a podcaster, is we get to surround ourselves with people that I, I use the term expanders. That's from coined yes. by Lacey Phillips. It's very much yes. this idea of like seeing is believing, right? And mm-hmm. you, you know, coming into your own as an attorney, as uh, you know, being a public figure on a show, and all these things surrounding yourself, being you know the commonality of these these guests is yeah it's yeah. Pal- it's palpable i can feel it mm-hmm. and i love i love hearing that so can like what types of guests do you have i know you, i mean you really have a broad range and i want to send people to your show because it's so it's so cool and it is really it's really full of joy and really inspiring so like what is the range of guests <laughs> yeah i i think there's definitely been a beautiful range i mean from um entrepreneurs to anyone who has overcome some level of adversity uh, brand new authors. Um, I mean, anything. It just totally runs the gamut. The, the through line with, and, and we cover topics from wellness and spirituality to self-love, self-care, joy. I mean, cause joy can really encompass everything, but the through line with every single guest and every single conversation is, Hey, we're all human. We all go through things that uh, challenge us, that are our own version of adversity and obstacle. Mm. But it's how you take those moments and allow yourself to do two things. One, rise to the occasion in a way that you allow yourself to be seen by yourself and really allow yourself to grow and shift and change in a way that honors you and your path and your journey. And then the second end of that is you allow yourself to hold your joy at the same time. And something I've learned through the podcast over the last four years in every conversation is we can actually hold difficulty, adversity, obstacle, disappointment, sadness, grief at the same time that we hold joy, celebration, Mm -hmm. hope, and connection. And so our ability to continue to seek our joy despite what is happening in our lives or as a result of happening, what's happening in our lives, that's been the through line with every guest every conversation. So like this week on the show, I have a, I have um, a, a coach and strategist on the week before I had a registered psychotherapist the week before that I had a chef. So like we really run the gamut mm-hmm. with the type of um, guests I have on the show, but it's so interesting. And I feel like this is what it, it's been like for you too. And obviously correct me if I'm wrong, but it's been mostly women. And mm-hmm. it's interesting how my show has really drawn a primarily female audience or those who identify with the female energy um, to the show. And then 
And it's so nice too, when I find out there's like men that are listening and connect with the message. And so it's been fun. Yeah. I love that through line. That's, that's super interesting. And as far as like, I, I think about, you know, the emotion of joy versus like happiness, right? Happiness being sort of that fleeting like moment that doesn't, that doesn't carry us through these, Mm. like you're talking about these tough times in our lives. And, and I've definitely experienced that on a very deep level this year, but there was always joy in a, in what I had. And I think that, again, like seeing is believing and hearing from the people on your show talk about that. So I want to know a little, you know, what does joy look like for you? From the very beginning, I have always described joy as the thing that lights you up, the thing that makes you feel the most alive, the thing that makes you feel connected to who you are. And the reason I have this definition, and it really stems from the name of the show, which I would love to share with you because it's an interesting story. So in 2015, I was talking to a friend of mine and he's been on the podcast. His name is Aiden Chase. He's a third generation intuitive and healer. And he said to me, you need to seek the joy. You need more joy in your life. Like think about this vibration of joy. And this was like the year before I graduated from law school. And I was like, what the hell is he talking about? I have joy. (laughs) Like I have happiness. I have friends. I go out and I do things. I have things that I enjoy doing. But I really sat with what he said. You need to seek the joy. And I'm like a very literal person. It's probably why I became a lawyer. And um, so I went out and I created like this simple engraved bracelet that said, seek the joy. And I was wearing it all the time because I really felt like I needed this reminder to seek my joy without truly understanding what that definition was for me. So when it came time to figuring out the name of the podcast, I was like sitting in my apartment and I was like trying to figure out like, what was this going to be called? Like, couldn't come up with the name. And then I saw the bracelet out of the corner of my eye on the dresser. And I thought, okay, that's it. It's going to be called Seek the Joy Podcast. Like it just resonated with me so deeply. And I sometimes ask him like, were you planting a seed? Like, and he goes, oh, I don't know, maybe like, I don't know. But for me really did because it got my wheels turning of what is joy. The moment I started having conversations and connecting with people through the podcast, it became very, very clear to me that joy is what lights us up. It's what makes us feel the most alive, connected. So for me, I identify my joy by a feeling. When I feel grounded, when I feel rooted, when I feel like exuberant, that's my joy. And my joy shows up in moments like these when I'm connecting, when I'm working on the podcast, when, even when I'm doing like the most monotonous task associated with mm-hmm. podcasting which is editing. I feel a sense (laughs) of joy. I had a conversation um, on the podcast with this woman. Her name is Ruth Elnikave, and she's the founder of a wellness brand called Joya. And when I asked her, what does joy mean to her? She said, joy is inherently tied to your well-being. And I had never thought about this definition before, but to me, it just makes so much sense. And I hope it resonates with someone Joy is how you take care of yourself, but also what fuels you to create a greater sense of well-being for you. So Mm. you really can't have a holistic version of wellness where it's mind, body, soul, and spirit without the sense of joy, without taking care of your well-being. And when she said all these, those things, I was like, where were you four years ago? Because like, Mm. this is it. Like, this is the definition of joy. So Mm. that's definitely how I, how I describe it. What lights you up? 
Mm-hmm. That's beautiful. I'm thinking about an episode that I did with this um, amazing intuitive named Zoe Greco, the Merhipsy on, mm-hmm. on Instagram. And she talked about joy as the needle on the barometer of our intuition, which when you're, when you're saying like you're seeking that opportunity for joy, you know, what is it that's lighting you up? It's bringing you yeah. closer back to yourself, back to your spirit, back to that guide. And it helps you make it what she said is make it on time for your divine appointments, making, you know, oh. making sure you're showing up for these things like meeting, you know, meeting you, Sydney, or mm-hmm. meeting a friend, a brand new friend who's going to show me a unique thing that I've never seen before. Or like what happened to be watching a show that I learned something super new. Like these are these are not synchronicities. These are, or is that, I don't, these are not um, coincidences, what I meant to say. This is real. Yeah, yeah. And when we're chasing yeah. and seeking the joy, we're there. So, ooh, I'm like getting goosebumps oh, thinking about how these are That is so, so good. That is so good because really it's about what is going to put you in a space of alignment to allow those opportunities, those people, those things to find you and for you to find them. And that's why I say it's like, for me, it's what makes me feel the most like me, which to me translates to makes me feel the most aligned, centered, grounded, and like fully in my body, like fully in my skin in this moment and not like 20 years in the future or five minutes in the past. Do you know what I mean? Allowing mm-hmm. myself to, to remain in that present moment so I can show up those good moments and opportunities that probably won't wouldn't come my way if I if I wasn't continuing to put myself in that vibration of joy, which is not always easy. Oh yes, yes. I don't live permanently in joy. God, I wish I did. Like I wish I was a monk or like something and I could always exist in like this vibration of joy. I don't. I think I spend maybe 20 minutes a day completely in that in that space because I'm human. I have anxieties, worries frustrations, fears. Um, Sometimes I want to like throw the laptop out the window because like something that happens, you know what I mean? Like we're human. So I just think if we can give ourselves some moment during the day to allow ourselves to connect to that joy, it it just makes a difference. It Mm -hmm. just really makes a big difference. And we recognize what it feels like. I think about like, you know, when life Mm. hands you a shit sandwich, you're like, oh, actually I'm going to return to the way I feel when I'm full of joy. And, Mm -hmm, but now, you know, you know what it feels like. Yes, this is, mm, this is yummy. Mm -hmm. I want to know, you know, why do, why do you think it's kind of hard for us to seek out joy? Like, I don't want to, say that we're just inherently negative because I don't think that's true, but it is, like you said, it's harder to reach for the joy than it is to potentially just like be content and be okay with Mm -hmm. mediocrity. What do you think? I, I think we struggle often with joy because we struggle with celebrating ourselves. And I think that's like twofold. Like on the one hand, I have I've always been somebody that really has struggled to celebrate me. And that's been out of a fear of, will this last? Will this be long lasting? Or is this moment feeling accomplishment? Is it fleeting? And so I always stayed away from celebrating the big moments because I thought, oh, it's not going to last. And I learned that I'm doing myself a great disservice by, by operating that way. Because the more I celebrate the wins or celebrate myself, and even if it's the smallest win in a day, I am allowing myself to expand what I believe is possible for me, what I believe, how I believe I can show up for myself and then for other people. So I think joy is really tied to the sense of um, celebration and our fears often that surround celebrating ourselves. Part of that fear too, 
I have found for me and, and for some people I've spoken to as well is what are people going to think of me if I actually celebrate myself, if I, I actually practice yes. that element of self-love, because if we aren't our biggest cheerleader, like if I'm not in the corner, like jumping up and down and applauding myself, how can I expect anybody else to do that for me? Like mm-hmm. I need to validate me before I could ever expect anybody to validate me. And that brings up a whole other conversation of like in- internal versus external validation and knowing your self-worth and all those things. But I think that's why we often struggle with joy is we struggle with this element of celebration and and knowing that we deserve that that element of love and attention and excitement and praise. And so for me, I had to slowly step into that. I still struggle with this sometimes. I am by no means perfect, but what has helped me and what helped me from the very beginning in terms of allowing myself to step into my joy and my greater joy is when something good happens, taking a moment to just sit with it. And you can mm. sit with it by literally sitting with it or writing it down. So sometimes what I like to do is I like to write down the really good thing or just the good thing that happened and write down one reason why I'm grateful for what just happened. Mm -hmm. And it could be as simple as saying, because it allowed me to feel good about myself in this moment, or it showed me I'm more capable than I realized, or it expanded my sense of possibility. And then moving beyond that element of gratitude is saying to myself, I deserve to experience this again and again and again. And it's uncomfortable. Like it's very uncomfortable to step into that feeling or that knowing or that resonance right away. But that has helped me slowly emerge into really understanding that I deserve this element of joy and celebrating it and being okay with it when it shows up. Because we all have joy. We all have moments of celebration. They show up, but it's about whether or not I think you're willing or ready to recognize that it's there for you and it's there Mm -hmm. for you to take it and run with it. It's like when someone throws you a ball, when you're playing catch, like you can, you can, you can catch the ball. You can also run with it and keep going and go as far as you need with that emotion and that experience. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I'm thinking too, like there's maybe even fear of judgment when we're in joy. Like a friend, a close friend of mine was talking about this the other day. Like it's almost like we don't want to get show ourselves fully, especially in the last year and a half, right? I don't want to show myself being happy, like in my, you know, in my joy with my family, yeah. like living it out. Because I, I do feel at some level worried that that will trigger someone else who's struggling, you know? And and that's, that is not a good place to be. And I, I'm definitely learning to over, overcome that. But like, yeah. I'm with you. It may, you know, it's, a, it comes from a place of empathy that we're yeah. like this and it's not helping anybody <laughs> to no. like close ourselves off from joy, you know? Yeah. Hey y'all, the show is all about self-care and self-discovery and one of the best ways to self-care therapy. (laughs) I'm a big fan. So I want to shout out a huge thank you to our sponsor, BetterHelp. BetterHelp is helping clients all over the world in a really challenging time right now. If you've been feeling like you're struggling, you're down, or you're just unable to reach for your goals, and it would help to talk to someone, BetterHelp is making it so easy to make that happen. BetterHelp will assess your needs and match you with your own licensed professional therapist. It's not a crisis line. It's not self-help. It is professional counseling done securely online. 
Perhaps you don't have access to a counselor where you live, or you just, you don't wanna leave your house. You wanna stay in your pajamas. BetterHelp makes it so easy. And not only that, but it's more affordable than traditional offline counseling, and financial aid is available. So once you're matched with a counselor, you get to know them, see if it's a fit, and if it's not, no problem. It's free to change counselors if needed, because you know we all know it, it needs to be a fit. Once you have your person, you can log into your account anytime, send a message to your counselor, set up weekly sessions via video or phone call, and you'll get timely and thoughtful responses. And remember, you never have to sit in that awkward traditional therapy waiting room. BetterHelp really wants you to start living a happier life today. If you're ready to prioritize yourself and your well-being and to lean into that self-care along with the million people taking charge of their mental health with the help of an experienced professional, visit betterhelp.com slash yoga magic to get set up. And for yoga magic listeners, you get 10% off your first month. That's better H-E-L-P slash yoga magic. That element of judgment comes in two two forms, right? One is self-judgment. So are we judging ourselves in that moment? And sometimes we do because of that fear of like, I think we often fear like we're going to lose love, like we're going to lose our self-love. And then we're also going to lose love from others when we fully show up and embrace ourselves or embrace the moment or embrace our joy. And you're right. Like if you are hiding, putting something out there or something that you're excited about or sharing your joy. And it's totally, you don't have to share on Instagram or anywhere if you don't want to, or just sharing with your close friends and family. You know, if we hold back from sharing the good, other people in our lives are going to hold back too, you know? And so it's a, it's an element of vulnerability, I think. Allowing yourself to fully show up as who you are to express the good, the bad, the ugly, the right, the wrong, everything in between it's true vulnerability. And then it opens up the door for somebody else to do the same. So you're totally right. I agree with you completely. It's like this element of self-judgment and then fear of judgment or fear of losing love from others Mm -hmm. if we really show up in that way. Mm -hmm. Yeah. But seeing people in their joy, like, you know, through your Mm -hmm. show, through the work that you're doing, it makes it that much more just... I don't know, empowering, right? Like we're ready to, to do that because we're seeing this day in, day out. And I really love to know, like, what, what are your practices? What do you do when you Mm -hmm. are, maybe it's routine. Maybe it's like, you're like super special things. How do you create joy in your life? I love what you just said too, that like through other people sharing their joy, it, it reminds you that you can too. And it reminds me of something I say on the podcast all the time, which is I really think we're here to share our stories, to show each other that we're not alone in what it is that we're experiencing. And that's not just the quote unquote obstacle or bad stuff. It's also the good. It's also the joy. So it's like, how can we just be honest and vulnerable about the highs and the lows and everything else in between? And I have found that it inspires people to totally do the same. So thank you for saying that. I, mm-hmm. I 100% agree. Okay. So for my own practices, when it comes to joy. You know, for a long time, especially in the last few years, I often feel like my schedule is just not my own. I think especially, (laughs) you know, I I have two full-time jobs. I work full-time as a lawyer for somebody else. And then I have um, my two podcasts and everything else in between um, that I do really for me and and for for anyone that tunes in and, and listens. So my joy practices are really centered around two things. One is connection and the other is creativity. 
And I feel really fortunate that I've been able to fuse those two things through the podcast. Mm -hmm. I really tap into my joy when I have the opportunity to talk to somebody, whether it's for the show or a friend. Um, I, the other day, was calling to set up internet um, because I'm moving to a new place and I needed to set up internet and internet there. And I had literally a 10-minute conversation with the salesperson (laughs) there. And then at the end, I was like, oh, wait, I called you because I'm setting up internet. Okay, so like, let's go into that now. Like, I don't know what happens. I get on the phone with somebody and I, I feel really lit up and it's very exciting for me. And anybody that, that knows me personally and is listening to this is laughing, I'm sure, because I was somebody that grew up with like a lisp and um, I hated making phone calls. I hated getting on the phone. I made my sister, who's four years younger than me, make all the phone calls like anytime we needed to do anything, like if we were ordering pizza or whatever. So the fact that now I enjoy talking to people is like, it's growth. It's real growth. Mm-hmm. Um, and stepping outside of what was my comfort zone at the time. Another thing that I do um, to really tap into my joy is think about things that I really used to love when I was a kid. So during the course of the pandemic, I was coloring a lot. Mm. I was beading bracelets. Like, I don't know if you remember if you did this at summer camp, but I all have these memories of like beading bracelets, like either with our initials on them or just different patterns and colors. I made like 30 bracelets last summer and they're sitting in a (laughs) drawer and I don't know what to do with them. But just this practice of sitting down and beading was so calming and therapeutic for me. I love going on walks. Um, sometimes I listen to podcasts and music. Sometimes I don't listen to anything, just that movement. It's really for me, intentional movement. It's not for the purpose of exercising or getting my heart rate up. It's really just to ground myself and just to allow my body to move, especially because we we spend so much time sitting. Um, those for me, I think is really how I, it's really how I tap into joy. Thinking about what I love to do as a kid this connection between connection and creativity and then just that element of movement has been mm-hmm. really, really huge for me. Mm. Yeah. I love that inner child going in there and finding the beating. That's a great idea. I hadn't heard that one yet. Yeah. She loves creativity. She loves creating things. Yeah. Little Sydney is all about how <laughs> can Sydney. I create something. And then um, I started painting too, at like towards the beginning of this year, a little bit, I tried to paint by numbers and I just couldn't do it. Oh yeah. Like, it was so <laughs> constricting. I was like, I have to get this little, like into this little crevice. So I was like, I can't do this. So I took the paint from the paint by numbers and I ordered some like canvas online. And I guess I use the paint. I repurposed it. I was like, I'm just going to do it this way. Um, and that was so much fun for me, like sitting on the floor and just painting. Um, so I encourage anyone that's listening and you're trying to figure out what is my joy, what what lights me up. Think about the things you love to do as a kid. Mm-hmm. Like, was it running around outside, like playing tag? Was it creating something? Was it being creative? Was it hanging out with your friends? Those are the things that we can really draw from, um, I think, to really identify it and, and step into greater joy for mm-hmm. ourselves. What's in your chart again? I know we talked about it when um, we did our yeah. our last conversation. Yeah. Okay. So um, sun is Aquarius, cancer rising, and um, my moon is in Taurus. Mm -hmm. I was going to say there must be some water in there, that cancer creative energy for sure. Mm -hmm. And then Mm -hmm. the, the Taurus moon, that's so, I love that. That's so interesting. And I'm like trying to think of how that, (laughs) that shows up. I wonder to you talking, this is so funny that we both have this. So like talk about having a list for growing up. I Mm -hmm. like my my core wound, which is your Chiron in your chart is in Gemini, which is very much about the voice. And so for me to be doing a podcast is also very, 
Wow. Liberating in a way, obviously not on the level that you experienced, but I think that's actually why this feels so freeing and so good because it wasn't, you know, it took a lot of work to get here. So way to go, girl. (laughs) Wow. Wait, no, that is, that is huge because we, I think we all experience this where we feel blocked in, in our ability to express ourselves. And I think for so many of us, it's tied to voice. It's tied to how our voice sounds, how, you know, the words we, there's a lot of fear and anxiety centered mm-hmm. around that throat chakra. So for you to like have a podcast and speak to so many people in a way that really, oh, I just love it. It's, it's beautiful. Mm-hmm. It's amazing. Yeah, I think we we all and the more people I talk to a lot of people who have either experienced that level of, of blocking or it's something that shows up for them. It's interesting, like things are mirror things are mirrored back to us in the people that we meet and that we talk to. Mm-hmm. I agree. Yeah, where you track that energy. So because you've been podcasting for so long, and I think that you know, you you're asking the you know the real questions and and not afraid to, like we said, like share your your voice and also hear others. Yeah. What are, are there any like really memorable episodes or, you know, conversations that you've, that have stuck with you over these four years? Totally. And it's kind of like trying to, so if if I had children, I would imagine it's like trying to pick my favorite child. Oh, this is hard, but I think there are a few. So like one that really, really stands out to me. And it's a conversation I had early on in the podcast with this woman. Her name is Myrna Valerio. She's also known as the Myrna Vader. And she's an ultra marathon runner. So like, I think this is like 30, 40 something miles in a race. Mm-hmm. Um, and she's, she's a plus size ultra marathon runner. So she's not someone who society would, I guess, expect to run an ultra marathon. And we had such and I mean, she is like an amazing human being. She oozes kindness and compassion. But I just loved our conversation in this sense of, hey, if there's something you want to do, like go do it. Don't let anybody stop you. Don't let society's right. perception of you stop you. And this was a conversation I had in 2018 after I heard her on Rich Roll's podcast. And I was like, please come on the show. Like you're so amazing. And I, she was a phenomenal, phenomenal conversation. Another one that really stands out to me, I had this conversation last summer it's with uh, John Clarence Stewart. He plays Simon on Zoe's Extraordinary Playlist. He's an actor, multi-talented artist, like singer, songwriter, all poet. And um, our conversation was like very, very deeply spiritual and empathetic. Mm. And um, we really dove into art as this form of healing and its ability to allow us to grow, but also learn and often how we have to dive very deep into um, our own shadow to emerge into the light. And what was so fascinating was the response to that episode because, like I said, there and I, there's mostly women that listen to the show, and I mostly interview women. And so when I have the opportunity to sit down with the man, it's like amazing. Like I love hearing the male perspective mm-hmm. um, on on healing, on self love, on empowerment. And he shared so vulnerably and openly his experience with masculinity, with healing, with compassion, and with self love. And the response to that level of vulnerability, like off the charts, was really amazing. Um, if there's one more I can share with you, it's also a conversation I had last year with this woman named Ardri Ori, and she's a um, she's a publisher. She has her own publishing house. It's called 13th and Joan. And we had a conversation sort of, I think it might have been in like June or July of 2020. So this is really when Black Lives Matter was at the forefront of the conversation and obviously continues to be. But this was at the height of that time in the summer. And we were talking about the power of storytelling 
to to share your story, to have ownership over your own experience. There's nobody better to share your story than you. And she was also speaking, I think, really to the Black community and to the Brown community. And hey, this is your time to really share who you are and just share your experience and don't let anybody else tell your story. I felt really honored, for lack of a better word, to have had that conversation with her, for her to share that perspective. And we really dove in deeply to how to be an ally in these spaces of storytelling, uh, which I really, really appreciated. So those are just three, but there are three that have left a super profound impact on me. Mm-hmm. And really, I mean, I've had over 200 conversations at this point, which is bananas. Yeah. Amazing. Um, and it's just going to keep going. So those for sure have left a, a pretty profound impact. Congrats. Those are, yeah. And so different, so different, yet so inspiring. So and just, different. Yeah. Yeah. Like I said, they like run the gamut. And I know on your show too, like I just listened to your episode with Nikki Novo and I had her on the podcast too, but like- You did? I didn't know that. I love her. Okay. So we had a conversation like in 2018 and this was really when she was um, more so in the conscious dating space dating. Mm-hmm. and with the final swipe and everything. And it was very interesting to hear on your show, like obviously the shift that has taken place for her in the last year throughout the pandemic. So you know, I know you have this too, or you, your topics on your show run the gamut, but like, and the people, but it all centers around this core theme. Um, mm-hmm. So it's wonderful to just be able to connect you know, mm-hmm. with so many different people. Yeah. Thanks for sharing those. I'm going to definitely check yes. those out. I always like, do. I like recommendations. Like I try to do this too with the audience. It's like, if you're into manifestation, check out this episode. If you're into yeah, exactly. intuition building another, you know, like kind of have a great place to start. And that's, yeah. those are really helpful for people to come to your show. Last question. Um, I see your little cutie book stack back there. What are you reading right now? Thank you. <laughs> okay. So in full transparency, I'm not reading anything at the okay. moment. <laughs> um, but there a book I just recently finished and it's called um, The Beauty of What Remains. It's by Rabbi Steve Leader and it's an exploration of grief and of loss. And um, I found this book in early... January of this year, my grandpa passed away in October, 2020. And I've been on a grief. Oh, thank you. I've been on a grief journey and um, I came across his his work and his book, I think through like Maria Shriver's Sunday paper. And I was like, (laughs) this looks amazing. And I really appreciate his perspective on grief. It's really about thinking about the beauty of the, of the relationship of love um, and how it will continue to sustain you, allowing yourself to be filled with filled with that love as opposed to filled with the loss. And um, I'm not doing the book justice and explanation by any means, but I highly recommend it. I talk about this book all the time. And then I also started reading and I have, that's why I'm not reading anything right now, but I started reading. I hope to finish this summer. Um, the Beauty of Living Twice, which is by Sharon Stone. And she has like an incredible... Like the actress Sharon Stone? Mm-hmm, oh, Sharon cool. Stone. Um, I heard her share her story on Oprah's Super Soul Sunday, the new version mm. that's on Discovery+. Plus. Um, I've been loving Discovery Plus lately, like very into all the home renovations. So many things right now. Didn't even know that was a thing. (laughs) So so Sharon Stone, I guess like in 2011, she had like a tumor or something in her brain. And I'm Mm. probably getting this completely wrong. And she, she essentially like, she like essentially died and, and, or like was so close to death, had this in, in near death experience. And she tells the whole tale and um, it's deeply spiritual and it's deeply empathetic. Um, so I'm like about halfway through that. I hope to finish it. 
yes. like in the next couple months, my dad bought me the book after I couldn't stop talking about her on Oprah's Super Soul Sunday. He's like, here, just read the book. I think you'll really like it. I got this for you. I was like, thank you so much. Oh, dad. that's like, sweet. I really appreciate it. Um, so those are two that I would definitely recommend. I mean, there's so many, you know, the, sh- the episodes I, I shared are are not as, um, they're like the episode I talked about were based in storytelling and, and you know, empowerment and embodiment. Um, but such a big part of the show too has been like spirituality mm-hmm. and wellness. And it's a result of my own journey into those topics. And so most of the books behind me are, are focused uh, mm-hmm. in that area. But anyway, those are the two. Hmm. I think sometimes books come in like, you know, I don't always finish them in one, you know, I don't know, couple like a couple so weeks. Long, actually. And I think so that's like long. maybe how it's meant to be, right? Like yeah. sometimes yeah. I'll start a book and then I'll come back to it like six months later and be like, oh wow, I needed this right now, actually. Yeah. yeah. I have you heard of the book um The Seat of the Soul by Gary Zukov? No. Okay, you have to check out this book. I read it over the course of probably nine months. It is inc- it's completely channeled. Um, it's a mm. really beautiful, powerful book. Um, Gary Zokov has been on Oprah. Apparently, there's a common theme here, and I'm getting my recommendations from Oprah or Maria Shriver these days. <laughs> I mean, uh, which, is not a, which is not a bad place, <laughs> not a bad place to get my recommendations. Um, but I read his book over the course of probably like nine months. And I randomly, it's um this orange one right there. I okay. randomly pull it out sometimes and just open up a chapter and read it. And then um, turn to my journal after I read that chapter and it allows me this deeper sense of grounding and connection that I wouldn't have otherwise. Um, but I highly recommend it. It dives into spirituality and ego and relationships and, um, you know, now we're really getting deep into spirituality in these topics, but um, you know, your soul's purpose and the difference between personality and the soul. And I just highly recommend it. It, mm, yes. it has really opened my eyes in a very, very profound way. Yeah. This is great, Sydney. Thank you. I feel like this is, we got a good running list of resources, yes. of episodes, I of books. just thrown them out left and right here. Take this one. Seeking one. joy all over the place. It's great. I'm so glad. It. Me Can too. you tell listeners where to find you, how to get your podcast, Instagram, all the yes. things? First of all, thank you for having me. This is only our second time sitting down together, but like, I feel like we've done this many, many times. So I agree. I'm excited to keep doing it. <laughs> um, so thank you for having me. Okay. So you can find all things Seek the Joy podcast at seekthejoypodcast.com. We're at uh, every social media Instagram, Facebook, Twitter, LinkedIn at Seek the Joy Podcast. And then my second podcast is called Stories of Inspiring Joy. Uh, you can find that show at storiesofinspiringjoy.com. That show started in May of 2020, and it was inspired by a series I have on the podcast or I used to have on the podcast on Seek the Joy called The Power of Storytelling, where people would come on and share their story um, uninterrupted. And I would compile it as like two or three stories in an episode. And then the pandemic hit and I was booked through the end of December. And I thought like, this is not sustainable. And I had been thinking and wanting to start a second podcast. And it was like the push I needed. So now two episodes go live Mondays and Thursdays every week. Someone shares their story, their journey um, uninterrupted. And it's really beautiful and really powerful. So you can mm-hmm. find that one um, at Stories of Inspiring Joy. And then you can find anything you want to know about me there too. Or I'm at sydneyaweiss.com uh, or at sydneyaw on Instagram. 
Girl, you are busy. I am impressed. I'm like, you don't a sleep. Too much. <laughs> a little too much. We'll see. We'll see how um, year five of the podcast goes. We might there need to go. scale back. We'll find out. We'll figure it out. I'll keep you posted. But And then I forgot to mention you. I have a blog on my website called Joy Corner, where I feature two people every Thursday. So um, whether you just want to tune in and check us out, or if you feel um, ready or excited to share your story, I have so many different ways. Um, and I would be grateful for you to be part of it. So anyway, thank you, Ashley. Thanks so much for tuning in, everyone. Thanks to Sydney for sharing her goodness today. Make sure to check out her podcast, Seek the Joy. It was such a pleasure to chat with her earlier this summer. And finally, friends, if you enjoyed this episode, you like the Yoga Magic podcast, go ahead and share it on the Instagrams. I would love you forever. And make sure to tag at Yoga Magic Podcast. I will see you next Thursday. 